The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Well, good evening, my friends. I'm going to bring on the big guns for tonight's show. Mr. Sandy McIntyre is going to help us talk shop. Uh, I can't wait to see what I learn from this very, very smart, uh, experienced former strategist. Uh, used to be with Century Select, which ended up getting taken over by uh, CI. And, well, Sandy now is focusing still on the markets, as he always does, but uh, also trying to improve his little golf game. Uh, indeed. How's that golf working out for you? Um. I have I have a, a, a lot of difficulty with my long clubs, but the closer in I get, the more accurate I am. Mm. And uh, there's sort of an analogy in here with investing. Um, your long shots have random outcomes, but when you really know something and you get tight to it, your outcomes get better. I like that. Uh, that's better than just try to keep the ball on the fairway, which is what I try to do, Sandy. Well, when you're shooting with those long shots, if you keep it on the fairway, it gives you the opportunity to take those close-range shots that Sandy's talking about, and that's where you can really pick up some strokes. That's right. No, that's brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I love analogies, and I love um, universal truths. Uh, I learned that in advertising. If something is true, uh, it, it, it can be tested and and such be true in multiple disciplines. Uh, you know, when you, when you build a media campaign, you use multiple media to develop a campaign to follow the consumer around. No different than a diversified portfolio with multiple asset classes. Uh, indeed, similarities uh, do exist. Uh, you know, the power of repetition in, in advertising, they call that uh, frequency. Uh, I would say the power of repetition in our business is just staying in that game. Uh, and, you know, Sandy, it's funny, as we were cruising over to the studio, studio, uh, Jack and I always have a little bit of quiet time to chat. And Jack said, you know, Wolf, clients don't need us in a good bull market, but they need us in a bear market. Hey, Jack, I want you to expand upon that. Uh, give me 30 seconds with that, because uh, it, it's a lot of wisdom in what you said. Sure. Well, look at the most recent example, COVID example. We had clients telling us, you know, you're not, why are you not buying this technology company or that technology or DocuSign or whatever the case was. High, the more risk that you took in that bull market, the smarter you looked. For us, I'm going to say 2020 and 2021, we were doing 20% in and around <laughs> there, which is it's an amazing number. Uh, it helped us with our long-term compounding number. But, uh, you know, we had some clients that were actually outperforming us, and they were, I'm not going to say rubbing it in our face, but they were, you know, they were certainly making us aware of it. The fact is, they didn't have uh, an investment process. So they rode them up and rode them right down, whereas... Throughout that period of time, we recognized what type of environment we were in, and obviously we were trimming back some of that technology, buying some more, I'm going to say boring... Oil? Yeah. Copper? Stuff that was underperforming oh. that we knew was cyclical and, and there opportunities up. with. So we had an investment, we have an investment process, and it, it gets you through the bear markets and bull markets, whereas long only... Bull market investing can be dangerous if you don't have a process to get out. Sandy McIntyre, um, strategist extraordinaire. You understand that word better than anyone I've ever come across. Process uh, for managing money. Share with us your core beliefs uh, and therefore your personal investment process, Shandy. 
Um, I focus on the price of money, and it's expressed very in very detailed terms in different asset classes. The price of short-term money can be found in your money market funds. I use the 91-day T-bill of the United States for my marker for short-term money. The price of long-term money, I use the 10-year and the 30-year treasuries. When the price of short-term money is lower than the price of long-term money, the banking system works brilliantly. <laughs> when, the, when the price of short-term money is higher than the price of long-term money. Like right now? Like right now, and it's, the spread is as high as it's been in decades, the banking system finds ways to get stressed. Um, my personal risk management said that the price of short-term money was too low three years ago, and that the price of long-term money, as expressed by corporate bonds, was too low three years ago. So I eliminated any exposure to those asset classes. I was 100% invested in high-quality equities. When the price of short-term money rose very rapidly into the beginning of 2022, I took my risk levels way down, and I haven't added back to risk yet. For the first time in living memory, the staff at the Federal Reserve is forecasting a recession. For the first time in recent memory, we've had an increase in the price of short-term money that has created severe stress in the regional banks. Um, now, the money that was deposited in those banks hasn't gone away. It's just moved into the money center banks in New York. The regional banks are critical for regional businesses and regional commercial real estate. I'm in line with the call of the Fed staff that the stresses in the financial system are precipitating an economic slowdown. It takes time, and I would keep my risk levels low until we've got signs that the Fed is actually responding. Uh, Sandy, I want to share with you Jack's uh, commentary. I'm going to say for well over a year. Uh, he said, Wolf, this bear market will not find a bottom until the Fed breaks something. Uh, so I asked the question to both of you and uh, and Jack, so Sandy and, and Jack, uh, with the with the regional banks in the United States, because we don't understand this phenomenon as well in Canada, but in the United States you have you know all these state level, municipal level banks. To as exactly what Sandy said, they were created hundred years ago, give or take, to service the local economy, whereas the big money centers in in New York City didn't understand the nuances and couldn't react and service those accounts as well as perhaps they can today. And we, we had a, a TD strategist into our office who said, you know, these regional banks basically are no longer required. Uh, he sees a big tactical shift out of them and into more of the big money lenders, i.e. the JP Morgans of the world. But I go back to, did, did we break something? Is that enough of a break? Because Jack, you have a backup theory to it. You think we're going to see a break in commercial real estate, uh, i.e. Uh, apartments, uh, excuse me, 
offices uh, where someone is overlevering the office market. So I asked you, Sandy, did the Fed break enough to mark a bottom? Jack asked you that question, or is there something larger in front of us that is going to become kaput? Uh, it hasn't broken enough to create a bottom, in my view. I think we're in a sideways trading range. Valuations are not low enough to precipitate a sustained uptrend. And we're seeing an internal rotation in the market um, out of the overvalued popular stocks. Um, The concentration in the top 10 equities in the United States got to levels that I've never seen before. So when you get all that money flowing into one side of the ship and then it rushes over to the other side of the ship, you create turbulence. And uh, we're in a period of turbulence. And if, if you look at right now, the, the, uh, I'm going to say the market concentration in the S&P 500, it's actually going back towards those FANG stocks, those Again, high yeah. technology stocks. It's, a, it's getting close to 30%, which is historically high. Um, it's not good because that's actually the safety trade. That's people looking for a place to hide. In the technology with, right now. Yeah, when you're owning, owning those names. Uh, you talk about breaking things. Yes, they have broken things. Uh, you talk about last summer, uh, UK pension funds, trusts, uh, coming out there. Good point. Uh, uh, Silvergate, crypto assets. Then you have Silicon Valley Bank. So what I'm seeing is Good point. Yep. the weakest hands get shaken out first, first, and then it takes time to filter through the system. And you know, the most funny. recent uh, example that we had, Silicon Valley Bank, um, you look at what's going on there. What did the Fed do? They went out and provided a ton of liquidity, backstopped the banks, and put out that fire. So what they're trying to do, from my perspective, keep interest rates high, Slow down the broad economy. Understand if they break something, we're going to provide liquidity to put out that fire. What That's do you, what I see. Uh, Sandy, let, let's just for a second again. I don't short the market. I don't bet against the market. The, the, the furthest I'm going to bet against anything is just sitting on the sideline and observing. Um, that said, the big short, uh, you know, short, short, shorting uh, the real estate market and or the derivative market that had exposure to the real estate market, if you watch the movie. Uh, is there a layup right here for a uh, uh, office Short. Uh, what do you think, Sandy? Can you short the offices from these levels? I, I'm not sure. That you, I, I, I'm not a short player. I've, I've never shorted a security in my life. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I believe that you have a primary uptrend in earnings for businesses that's fed by nominal GDP growth and inflation, mm-hmm. and I want to participate in that primary uptrend. Periodically, the uptrend is broken, and you get um, a sideways move where you no longer have pricing power or inflation is stronger than your pricing power, and you see price earnings multiples decline as you re-rate the risk of the asset that you own. Yep. Um, we're, we're in one of those periods, and um, I, I'm, I'm taking comfort in the fact that the 10-year is down about 80, 90 basis points from its peak in early November. I take comfort that investment-grade bond spreads are down, I think it was around 60 basis points from where they were in the first quarter of this year. Investment-grade is actually performing very well, which tells me that large investors have confidence that we're not going into an economic crisis. 
We're speaking with Sandy uh, McIntyre. Uh, he's a retired strategist, uh, but he spends much of his time uh, being a philanthropic uh, kind of a guy. Uh, Locktay Foundation. He uh, never has shorted the stock market, but he is also focusing on his short game. And, well, he's having some success. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Get back with Sandy McIntyre. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the bond market. Uh, Sandy tipped me off to a good segue in terms of uh, looking at the high yield market, uh, the corporate spread market for indications as to what is in front of us. The bond market is quite knowing. Going to keep learning here on Hi-Fi Radio 640 Toronto. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back. A little track from Crises, What Crises. Of course, the U.S. went through a little mini financial crisis. Sandy McIntyre, retired strategist uh, from CI Investments, uh, formerly with uh, Century Select, uh, worked on Bay Street for well over four decades and remains very passionate and in tune with the markets. It's a delight to be able to have time with him every now and then on Hi-Fi Radio. Of course, there's a show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, a portfolio manager. I help people just like you build wealth along with my partner because, yes, there are two of us taking care of our clients' money, just like that track. Jack Hurdle, of course, by my side. He's a good, smart man. It's a delight. It's a bit of a yin and yang going on. And, boy, we are different. And together, we create magic for our clients. And well, part of the magic is hanging out with Sandy McIntyre. Uh, Sandy, we had uh, – Jack, who was that? Oh, you didn't come to that bond presentation with me. I was at a really good bond presentation. Um, boy, this man was smart talking bonds. And uh, – the long of the short, he said, do not reach for yield because when you reach for yield, you end up giving back capital. Your average return is no better than uh, some corporate investment grade papers. So you think they call them liar bonds, triple C bonds, uh, default bonds, call them liar bonds. Or I was, fool, there, I was fool, there for that presentation. Or, or call them fool's bonds, the, the fool return, where you think you're getting a 9% return, but because some of the bonds go- It wasn't nine, you're talking about getting 15%. Yeah. If you're getting a 15% bond, a lot of that's going to, those companies are going to be defaulting. And, right. So, yeah. so your true return will actually work out to about 5% and you took on all kinds of excess risk. That's not what you want to do. No, you want to minimize the risk and maximize the return. Uh, and J- Sandy McIntyre, of course, knows that best. Um, Sandy, let us, I want to stay on this commercial real estate. Uh, you know, How levered up uh, do you think some of the most vulnerable real estate companies are? And again, I want, I want to extend this into a company called Brookfield Asset Management. Um, BAM, uh, Brookfield, which is now Brookfield Corp. So the mothership of Brookfield. Uh, they are loaded up in real estate. And the way the stock is currently trading is basically trading whereby you get the real estate virtually for free. Sandy, please talk to us about that. Free real estate? Um, it depends on where it's located. Uh I, I see through my news feed, uh, or saw through my news feed uh, a while back, 
that Brookfield has defaulted on some office debt. Um, what that you know that sounds horrible, but what it really means is you have to renegotiate the loan. The lender doesn't want the property. Um, Brookfield doesn't want the entire piece of debt. There's going to be losses taken on both sides, um, hmm. but they'll 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 work work through it. Um, I look at downtown office occupant in, in Toronto. I've got a friend uh, who keeps uh, measurement of occupancy rates, and they're around 42, 44%. And, wow. Um, that, that's variable. That, that's on average through the week. Um, Monday, it's low. Friday, it's non-existent. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, you get pretty good um, activity. And I actually went in for a board meeting on Tuesday morning, and um, the express go train from Oakville at 7.30 was full. Um, there were no, no available seats, which means some people were standing. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a major contrast to what I would have seen three months ago and six months ago. Um, I'm starting to see, uh, when I'm walking around in the underground, um, shops that have been papered over are getting new tenants. So you're seeing flashes of help come into the CBD, Central Business District, Mm -hmm. real estate. Uh, Can we support all the office buildings? Really hard to say. But I've, I've gone through cycles where people have said office is dead, and yet it keeps coming back. And there's, I think there's a reason for that. It's we are a social species. Big time. We're, we're almost a hive species. A what? A hive species. Hive. We need beehive. Yeah. We need to be in groups of people. I like to buzz around. I love buzzing. You around. like buzzing. Yeah, there's just, a lot of buzzing going on. I, I, I take a t- I walk around my floor every day. I'm not a manager. I'm just one guy. But I like to see this. The, the, the my coworkers. I walk around. I joke around. I I, t- I tell you when I'm taking attendance and sending it upstairs in the vacuum tube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people laugh when I this. I just make them laugh, and it makes me feel good. I get up out of my chair and walk around. So, you know, sitting is is the you know the the new smoking. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The last time I saw a vacuum tube was at Costco. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you? Let me ask you a question, Sandy. Um, how did you feel when you got into the downtown core? Um, I felt, I felt good. I was, I was, I was looking forward yeah. to being with people. Yes. Uh, we we had a, a board um, offsite to study issues facing the board of the school that I'm a director of. And uh, it felt really good to be with the other directors of UTS and be with bright, functioning people who had common interests. Um, you know, I want to come back to uh, a point that was made at a, at a, and I think you're at this meeting as well with us, Jack, a uh, point that was made this week. During COVID, new investment account openings surged, absolutely spiked. And I think to the tune of about a million Canadian brokerage firms were opened. Uh, and again, many of those were self-directed and people, you know, playing with some free money 
and buying a whole lot of stuff they had no idea about other than it was racing higher and they were looking very intelligent very, very quickly. Uh, of course, when that stuff rolls over, they stop opening their accounts, they, they close their eyes and, well, they do a bit of a Rip Van Winkle. Uh, again, Sandy, I want you to speak to human behavior and, and at one point do, do people say, you know, enough is enough, I have to get serious about this and, 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 and find some religion. And Jack was talking about a client of ours uh, this week who found some religion because his account for the crap he was buying was down 60%, whereas we're compounding wealth for clients that are on eight or nine long term. Um, I, I, when I started as a broker in 1980, we had an economist who was our chief investment officer, a guy by the name of Don Cameron. Early on, he took me aside and said, Sandy, when you make a decision, every decision you make is binary. You will be right or you will be wrong. Mm-hmm. The more rapidly you sequence decisions, the greater the risk of making a series of wrong decisions. Make sure the first decision you make is right. Short game. And how do you do, uh, how do, you do that, Sandy? It's, it's, it's research or it's trust. And that's trusting the advisors that you're working with. Um, Fidel, I came across a study years ago that Fidelity, the massive mutual fund company, made of activity levels versus returns within their mutual fund client account. <laughs> Uh, what they found was the highest activity levels had the lowest returns, and the best returns came from the deceased and abandoned cow. <laughs> wow. Well, Sandy, you know, I, I, I loosely say on this show, a portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. And, well, you're you're validating you that. that. Hey. You stole that from me. I did not steal. You stole uh, that from me, Sandy. I got it on log tape here, man. This is on, it's on magnetic tape here, of course, entertainment. But we can share it. No problem. It can be ours. In fact, and I'll tell you who, who gave it to me is a fellow named Bill Quinn from RBC. That's actually where I got the line from. I'm going to say 20 years ago when I was a rookie. And I used, uh, as a rookie and friends at home, uh, a little bit of advice. If you're a rookie in anything, hang out with the best you can find around you and just beg them for information and be befriend them and uh, be nice to them and, and they will help you. Ask for their help. They will give it to you because people like Sandy like to help people. Uh, Jack and I like to help people. It, it, it's all part of good karma and, well, uh, spreading goodness into the cosmos. Uh, Sandy, uh, we're about 1% away on the S&P 500 uh, from entering actually a bull market. Um, and it, it, it just seems to be stalling out here. You think we're in a sideways trading range. What is the probability of this market actually breaking above that? Call it the 4,200 on the S&P 500, uh, breaking above that level this year and sustaining it. What's the probability? You're pinning me down. Um, <laughs> I think the probability is less than 20% of mm-hmm. breaking it and sustaining it, um, going into a new up leg, because the credit issues uh, around tightening of credit uh, suggest to me that it's fighting a pretty strong headwind. The, the other piece is the rotation has to move to a point where the weight of the new leaders is greater than the weight of the old leaders who are shedding it. 
My friends, um, Joe's Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to my friend Sandy McIntyre. Uh, make some room for commercial break. Pay the bills around here. And uh, Tony Dwyer's coming up next, isn't he, Jack? Who's Rob Youngwolf. Rob Young, tech. our tech analyst. That's good. Uh, going to talk tech uh, with Mr. Rob Young. Uh, Sandy McIntyre, I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, please come on down and visit us. So I'm gonna play, I want to play uh, some records for you, and then we'll go for a bite to eat and show you the new Canaccord Dakes uh, down at Bay and Temperance Street. Uh, and friends, wake up, go to work. It feels great. Even Sandy McIntyre, who's retired, comes down to, uh, into the core and feels better. I feel better every day I come down to work. I love coming to work. I'm so glad COVID's over. But uh, uh, Tuesday to Thursday is not enough. We're going into a recession, which means, friends, work or lose your job. Trust me. Commercial break. Get right back to iFi Radio 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Can you believe me when I say there's nothing I like better than just to sit here and talk with you? Welcome back, my friends. The song is called Poor Boy. Crisis, what crisis? Just went through one. Financial crisis in the United States with those regional banks. But uh, friends, turn up the radio. We don't want you to be a poor boy. We want you to be wealthy. That's what the show's all about. Helping you build wealth. Tried, tested, and true methods. The problem? Some of you may not like it because we're actually pretty boring. Good news, it works. I want certainty, uh, long-term certainty uh, when it comes to managing money uh, for my account and for my client's account. That means quality, 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 and unfortunately, staying in the game. Uh, and that's the hard part. Uh, you know, you, 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 when, when things are really, really hot, and Rob Young, you know when, when our tech analyst is joining us, Rob Young, uh, great tech analyst, but you've seen hot tech markets, Rob, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the little boy down the street, and I saw my own kids, you know, my, my 18 and 19 year old kids get smarter than dad because uh, they were buying all kinds of weird meme stocks. They were trying to suck, they actually did, they did suck me into a little bit. My own weakness got lured into a little bit of garbage. And I mean a little bit just for my own money. And thank God I realized after a few months it was garbage. I, I slapped myself, oh, another mistake. Oh boy. But uh, you've seen hot markets. Uh, you know, the, yeah, some, some say there's, there's no bull market like a gold bull market. I think tech's even hotter. Um, you know, I, I want you to speak to that because you know there's just so many mistakes that can that can happen when you're when you're, you're getting caught into this notion of tech and uh, no no e under the p. But uh, my everyone has some. You better get some too. That's right. The he uh, no e under the p. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh really sexy uh, businesses that are tied to really sexy trends like metaverse and AI and chat GPT and, you know, all sorts of things. And people sometimes forget that uh, these businesses have to make money uh, and uh, valuations, they creep up and then they start to go up very quickly. And then you get FOMO and then before you know it, you've got a bubble. And the problem with the bubble is it can last longer 
than people think. And a lot of professional investors, they have to be in overvalued stocks because you don't know when the market's going to correct down. And, um, you know, your timing is just as important as making the right valuation call. So it can be it can be dangerous, but it's also very exciting. It's just a part of the markets. You know, you, you bring up a lot of interesting points. And, and, and as you know, exciting is exciting. But, you know, managing money and, and, and building wealth, it's not about excitement. It's about outcome and success. Uh, be happy, actually, if it's boring. And it, that's, that's not exciting. It, it's not fun. You, 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 no one's going to gravitate you at a party and say, hey, how much excitement you have me with your money. But guess what? You're going to have some money. Um, our president, Mr. Stuart Raftus at Canaccord, said to me, he said, Wolfie, mark my words, there is going to be so much activity uh, amongst these little pioneer entrepreneurs trying to create the next AI. And he said they are going to get their heads handed to them. Avoid at all costs. And the simple reason, Rob, you know this better than I do, but I'm going to throw it over to you. The simple reason is Microsoft and Google have built the sandbox. They are not going to let Wolfie and Jack <laughs> come in with a little algorithm AI and beat them at their, they're sharks. Speak to us about the dominant, about trying to compete with those two juggernauts uh, when it comes to AI, Rob. Well, I guess the first thing I would say is that the uh, the old picks and shovels play seems to be one that will do well here because the availability of the specialized equipment is made by NVIDIA. Yeah, the, the uh, semiconductors. The yes. semiconductors, it's pretty hard to get a hold of because they are being used in all sorts of uh, the advanced edges of technology, such as in Tesla cars, you know, automation, AI. I don't like my AI driving on my, my Audi, by the way. It's freaking me out. It's pushing me back in laneways. It's freaking me right out. I want to avoid a pothole. Guess what? We have a few in Toronto. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to avoid it. It's pushing me back in the pothole. I wonder if the AI is a better driver than you. That's the question, right? And maybe in the future, all of the cars will be driven by AI and insurance won't give you insurance if you're driving it yourself. Can you I wonder imagine? That's the future. But, um, Not yet. You know, back to what you said, I mean, the, the providers of these elastic compute, the big data centers that are all over the world and sometimes become hyperscalers, it's, you know, Azure, which is Microsoft, yeah. AWS, which is Amazon. Yeah. And then you've got GPT, which is Google. And, you know, you've got companies like Tata, Alibaba, Oracle that are, you know, in some stage, um, they have a lot of access to capital. They have a lot of access to the equipment and you need a lot of equipment to uh, build one of these artificial intelligent models. It's not just the and access so, to capital, bro. It's also they have, those companies yeah. have cash flow. They don't have to go and raise the cash. They actually have business models that work and can sell fund, which is huge, especially in a, in a very costly environment to access capital. I'm just afraid because money will be raised for these small little AI projects, and I, I don't think the outcome is going to be pretty. Uh, again, It'll, it'll be like anything else, Wolf. They'll, they'll have a few successes. You'll hear about the successes, but multiple, multiple failures. Um, yeah, that's it. Rob, because remember Google. Google wasn't the first search engine, right? Nope. It was Netflix. It was, a it was Netscape. company. Yeah. And now look at it today. It's one of the greatest businesses ever created. And you know, it was not the first one to enter the fray. And it was one of the small companies. Remember, back in those days, it was IBM. It was Microsoft that were the big juggernauts. And so you can't always bet on the big juggernaut winning the race. Correct. But right now, uh, you need a lot of equipment. You need access to these you know, very specialized uh, computing platforms and able to train your AI. And then a lot of the stuff that runs on it is commoditized. And so uh, the winners, uh, we will see.
see, but uh, for certain, the large providers of those that compute, they will be one of the players. That right, and, and they give you the best, the highest probable uh, outcome for a favorable outcome anyways, when you're, when you're betting on those big horses that Wolfgang's mentioned. Well, there's a saying that uh, I, I learned decades ago. It is not first to market, it's first to mind. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto. Going to take a quick break and get back with our tech analyst, Mr. Rob Young. Boy, is he a smart guy. He's got his MBA. He went to Richard Ivey School. Also went to Western. Bachelor of Engineering from McMaster. Myself, part-time. I'm just a chef. Stay tuned. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. So, giggling off air there. Apparently, Jack uh, wants to write a poem, give it to his bride, Kate. Had Chat GPT write the poem for him. And uh, did you blind her with science with the poem? Uh, I got me in some hot water, anyways, Wolf. Uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> Unintended and, I say, yeah, a Shakespearean poem written by Chat GPT. Uh, wasn't authentic enough for my wife. And yeah, I got a little hot water. <laughs> So honestly, be careful. Uh, Elon Musk talks about all these concerns about AI. Well, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. So, um, uh, again, off air, Rob Young, our, our uh, tech analyst, uh, we're just yakking um, about uh, SpaceX uh, doing a launch in a couple earlier in the week or early in the month. Uh, Virgin Galactic basically went off the board. Uh, is space travel, my good friend, for the common folk uh, further into the future than they were hoping? I don't know. It feels like it's coming. Uh, definitely, the oh. um, the Starship launch today, even though it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't successfully all the way through the whole program, it definitely advanced what SpaceX is trying to do. I mean, that's a very, very large. The Starship is just a massive, you know, piece of equipment, and it got up in the air pretty high. And what happened pretty to it? Happy is with it, the results. Oh, okay. It's, it's, so it didn't disintegrate or anything. Didn't. No, no, no. Oh. They called it a rapid unscheduled disassembly. A what? A what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it blew up. <laughs> oh, it did blow. It did blow up. Rapid, oh. unscheduled disassembly. I would say Elon knows how to market things. That's right? the best way to call it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I, 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 Rob, talk to us a little bit about Elon Musk. What really grabs your attention with that man? Uh, he's just amazing. The amount of things he can, you know, have involvement and influence in. Right now, he's, you know, he's talking about putting together a new AI um, chat GPT competitor that would be focused on the truth. Um, you know, he's was one of the founders of working for Twitter. Is he doing that for Trump? But he he Good was question. a founder of OpenAI Wolf, which is that that was the yeah. creator of Chat GPT. And he backed away because he wanted it to be a uh, an uncommercial uh, business and they're starting to shift away from that, and then it was competing with you know some of his other efforts, and so he decided to back away from it. 
You don't hear so, much about his Twitter engagement. What, what, what's up there? I mean, who knows? It's a work in process. I mean, he is um, he's ripping it to pieces, and maybe he'll be able to pull it back together. Like, I mean, when, you, you, whether you love Elon or don't, I mean, you've got to admit he's pretty darn good at building products. Right, like it's the best. Well, he's an engineer. Great, he's an engineer. He's a genius. I, but I, it, I adore him. So you talk about so. ChatGPT being a commercial product, okay? So Microsoft obviously has a stake uh, in the technology. How do you see them profiting from it? And obviously, it, it's amazing technology. But how how do you see them implementing it? I'm going to say into our everyday office. Yeah, I mean, if you think about um, all of your the tools we use every day, like Excel and and Word, um, there's all sorts of ways that you can blend AI into those tools. Like just like Word is obvious, right? If you're yeah. typing your poem in Word, maybe it suggests wording, suggests phrasing, corrects, you know, facts. There's all sorts of things it can do in the flow of, of your work. In Excel, um, you know, it could help you with modeling. I mean, right now, a lot of engineers are using it to help them build software because ChatGPT and other, you know, large language models can suggest code or suggest ways to improve the code or point out errors in the code as they're writing. It's great for education, and it's also like a force multiplier for you know really, really high-value programmers that don't want to do the little bitty bits. You know? Right. What I would say, what I've, what I've found with it in terms of creating content, whether it's coding or just, just you say, writing a poem or writing an article, you have, to, you have to actually come up with the creative content. It can just streamline it and make it better for you. That's my experience with it so far. Yeah, you have to come up with the idea. Yeah. Right. If you can, if you can create the idea and describe it, like there's some interesting uh, video and um, and picture uh, AI tools where you can very you know describe uh, a scene and it'll create it for you. But someone's got to create the idea. Um, like right. Apple, right? Like Apple doesn't make the iPhone. It just created the idea. It sends it off to China and Foxconn makes it for a very small amount of money. Uh, Rob, I want to pivot over to the Canadian tech market. Um, it, we, we both know we virtually we really don't have much of a tech market here in Canada. Again, uh, a lot of Canadians think, oh, we have a few tech markets. It's in Waterloo. Me it's not. in Ottawa. But no, it's very, very small. Uh, Canaxis is a name that you follow. That's a very, very cool, powerful company with Fortune 500 customer base. Um, are you still mm -hmm. keen on that idea? Because yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the charts. It's looking pretty darn good to me. Yeah, it's a great company, and I'll say I mean I, I would say that Canada has a fantastic tech sector, but it, we're sitting you know just north of the most dominant tech uh, market in the world. I mean, the biggest companies in oh. the world are all in the U.S., and the biggest companies in the U.S. are by and large tech companies. Here in Canada, it's nowhere near you know the beyond Shopify, CGI, a few others. There's not a lot of big tech companies, and so a lot of those big tech companies gravitate in the U.S. But anyway, on Canaxis. Great company. It's got a secular tailwind from supply chain. Um, we've just right. gone through a number of years where the supply chain has been you know, turned upside down. And every board of every company that moves a piece of physical goods is probably asking their CEO, how am I going to avoid ever having the problems we saw over the last couple of years? And Canaxis is one of the companies that can help companies deal with those supply chain issues because it does real-time um, scenario analysis. So you can you can model your supply chain. You can look at any number of different potential outcomes, and you can pick the best one. 
And so, you know, it's, um, you know, high uh, compute applied onto optimization, applied onto uh, the, uh, the supply chain. And so very good solution to a current problem, and it's a well-run company. It's funny because the other supply chain stock that you cover and I own is Descartes. Descartes. And, and that, that's flirting with near all-time highs. Expensive it's, stock. It's always been it – I, I find this bot. I know the thing is oh, – I've been watching that stock for 15 years. It's always been expensive. And I say, no, I'm going to – so I'm going to ask you, is it expensive because there is a, a shortage of tech stocks? So as, an, as, a, as a portfolio manager, basically, you have, a, you have to have some tech in your portfolio for diversity. You're a Canadian manager, so – you're going to gravitate to the obvious. Is that basically what it is? Yeah, yeah. I, there's a scarcity value in large, uh, liquid, and high-quality technology. Canadian tech. Canadian tech. Canada, yeah. yeah. Now, Descartes trades at a reasonable multiple when you compare it against the very highest valuations in some of the high-growth names in the U.S., like Snowflake, et cetera. But, I mean, Descartes is not a high-growth business. It's a high-growth business with very high margins very strong free cash flow and it is a dependable and for, and uh, predictable company and so because of that it's served slowly over time found itself at a very high valuation and it just doesn't let you in very easily you have to you have to watch the stock you have to find the right valuation you got to jump in when it when it's a little bit weak those and are the types of companies that you want to own you, you like that type of like do you like that type of a company uh, for a long-term investor me? Yeah, yes, of course. Uh -huh. I think it's a core holding. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that you should. Oh, there's a small number of Canadian companies. I think that sh you should call it like a core holding. Please share with us before we have to say goodbye. Yeah, well, Descartes is definitely going to be one of them. Constellation is another one. CGI would yeah. be a yeah. third yeah. one. These and are you and I just talked about those. You helped us with those. Thank you for that. We bought those stocks. They're probably going straight down for a little bit, folks. I forewarn you. Probably going straight to the bottom. That's usually what happens. I buy, they go down, and then I got to close my eyes. And well, if they're quality, they come back. So I know I'm, I'm looking at CSU, uh, the chart, the, the 20 year chart. It looks like it looks like CP Rail. It is so clean. It, it's scary how clean it is. Yeah, over a very long period as well. Over a very long period of time. Yeah. Uh, likewise with Microsoft, uh, quality, quality, quality businesses. Well, as Jack's just hanging up a little sign to me, <laughs> reminding me that all stocks are volatile uh, without question. I'll go back to Microsoft for, for, for 12 seconds. What is that uh, vehicle on Microsoft? Is it Teams we're using now, Jack? Where we're it's Teams, yeah. It's Teams. teams. Uh, so I, I just had my first uh, run on Teams. We're sharing a, an Excel spreadsheet that Jack or Zach update for me. Uh, and it's just a, a live working document. Very, very, very cool. Back in the day, I know last week, they had to send me the spreadsheet. I had to open it up. Now it's on Teams. Uh, it's always working. Cool little toy. Let's feel well, my birthday is just around the corner, and I continue to try to remain young and open-minded uh, and forget about the good old days because, well, the good old days are right here today. Rob Young, I want to wish you a great weekend. I can't thank you enough for all of your support, helping our clients uh, build wealth. Uh, you're an excellent partner, Rob, and uh, I think you have a lot of fun because I think you like what you do, and that makes you good at it. Jack Hartle, partner, portfolio manager with the Wolf on Bay Street. Always a pleasure. And uh, I want to wish you a safe weekend, my good friends, and I uh, look forward to seeing you at work Monday morning. Have a great weekend.
You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.